welcome to Coffee and Catholics, a Catholic women's talk show podcast. I'm Stacy, one of your hosts, and with me I have... Hi, I'm Alicia. And I'm Noelle. I'm Annie. And I'm Lauren. Hello, welcome to Coffee and Catholics. Today we're going to be talking about modesty. What does modesty mean? Um, how do we teach it to our young girls and ladies? And how do we also help others learn how to be modest without coming across as judging or without judging? But yeah, for me, um, I don't know, modesty is something that I never, I didn't really think about back in my younger years. Like I always like had this kind of air of like feeling uncomfortable if I wasn't modestly dressed but because of the way the culture was and I just didn't really and I was just it was normal to me that like you are allowed you know it was a very feminist type thing you know like I'm I is my body I can show it off the way that I want to so I wore like you know low cut tops and things like that even though it made me very uncomfortable which is just silly looking back I should never have done it Back in the day, I always used to think of um, modesty as something that people would say that you should be modest because they wanted to oppress women. The argument I hear all the time was that, you know, women aren't, you know, responsible for the thoughts of men. And so it, it is respecting my body if I want to show it off and I want to, you know, be promiscuous or whatever because it's my body and I, I'm respecting it by, you know, doing what I want to do. Um, and since then, like... I've, I've, my views on that have changed. I see modesty now as something that it's it's showing my respect both to myself, my body, to the value and dignity that's innate and in how it was created by God, showing God respect for his creation by not just flaunting it and, um, you know, putting it out there for other people to gawk out or whatever the case may be. And also for the people, you know, like men, for instance, who might look at me and my little pop top or something like that and have, you know, scandalous thoughts. And again, I, I still agree that I am not responsible for their thoughts. But as a fellow, you know, just as somebody who it is my calling and I think it's every Christian's calling to help others come to Christ and to, um, you know, you know, help people along to heaven. Um, I have, I think, a bit of, I think all of us have a bit, a bit of responsibility there. Not put people in a situation where they are in the near occasion of sin, if that makes sense. So that's my own personal thoughts on it. Yeah, I think, so growing up, we were always taught, you have to be modest, modest is hottest. And I did not know <laughs> <laughs> We actually teased my mom because, I mean, this is kind of embarrassing for, probably, but um, she was in a, a car accident a couple years ago, and, and she was she was not, like, fully in her right mind at this time. She was in ICU and on all kinds of medications, and she was getting really hot, and she was trying to take her gown off, and so we were teasing her, like, no, mom, modest is hottest. You know, leave, your, leave your gown on. <laughs> um, sorry, mom. our fault. I think that our culture confuses sexuality and sexual attraction with beauty and attraction, if that makes sense. So 
Well, for example, somebody posted a picture in this Catholic group that was a woman in a halter top kneeling at an empty church, and they said something like, what's wrong with this person, or, or something like that. I think like it that. was like, should we allow women who are dressed like this in church? Yes, yes. Oh and I was so oh mad at all that. the comments about this, because they were condemning her and condemning her, and mm-hmm. you don't know, maybe she hasn't set foot in the church in years, and the Holy Spirit compelled her in that moment mm-hmm. to come to him yes. right there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, granted, should we make a practice of going to church and call their thoughts? Probably not, <laughs> you know, but we shouldn't also uh, put ourselves in the position of those who would like stone a woman caught in adultery, who was caught in adultery, who probably was not modestly dressed, and Jesus steps in and defends her from people that want to condemn, so that she can have that healing moment with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we have to be really careful on that end. And and again, you know, when I have a daughter, and we try to teach her, you know, to to honor her beauty, I want her to dress in a way that honors her beauty, that she feels beautiful, not sexy, not um, trying to get attention because she doesn't have that confidence within herself. Um, and so there's a there's a certain aspect of intention that goes along with modesty that in a lot of Christian circles is all about just the clothes on your body versus the attention of your heart. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that makes a really good point. It's like, I think society does really view modesty as kind of like an Adam and Eve situation. Like they committed that first sin, and then they were ashamed of their nakedness. They were ashamed of their bodies. They, you know, all of that. Um, but you're right. I think it should be done because we have respect for ourselves and love for ourselves and love for our Creator and love for our fellow human beings. I think that you know because humanity is fallen because of that first sin and because of that shame coming in. Um, that's why modesty, though, is so necessary. I think it's kind of an interesting kind of dynamic there that, you know, they covered themselves up. They were, you know, quote unquote modest because they were ashamed. But really, I think God wants us to have modesty so that we can kind of reinstate that that value of the human body, like that recognition of the value of the human body. Well, I think we also have to remember that our bodies are a gift from God. Part of modesty is also taking care of your body so that when you're ready to share that gift with somebody else you know, within the sacrament of marriage that it is truly a gift does that make sense mm-hmm. like so often we view our bodies as something that we own there are bodies and yes there are bodies but they were a gift to us and they're a gift that we are allowed to share with our spouse uh, it's a fine line, like you were saying, between trying to teach somebody to be modest and then teaching them to sh- to feel ashamed of their body. Because our bodies are beautiful. And I wish that somebody had told me when I was younger as a teenager or even, you know, beginning of college, that my body is beautiful because it's a gift from God. And everything that comes from God is beautiful. Because I think we work so hard at trying to make ourselves beautiful instead of accepting that we already are beautiful. And in the attempt of trying to make ourselves beautiful, we go with what the culture says is beautiful. We look at magazines or we look at the popular girls. We already are beautiful. Are we enhancing our beauty or are we distorting our beauty? Because there's nothing wrong with our bodies. Our bodies are good. 
and our bodies are gift. And I think that the sooner we teach our da daughters and our young women that their bodies are a sacred temple and that our, our bodies are beautiful, I think the easier it will be for them to know how to respect their bodies better. I was listening to um, another podcast, um, the, it's the Letters to Women Exploring the Feminine Genius Genes um, and um, in this episode, the, the guest on there was um, talking about kind of like the historical background of um, the kind of the idea that what we wear doesn't really matter and like why, you know, like this it kind of comes from this um, purist culture of it was a plain dress and it kind of gave way to this idea that that what we wear doesn't really matter and it's kind of stuck through society even though then it was more of a you know it's what inside that counts which it is what inside does count um but what we where she was going with is like that what we wear um does make a statement i love what the catechism says says modesty protects the intimate center of the person it means refusing to unveil what should remain hidden it is ordered to chastity to whose sensitivity it bears witness. It guides how one looks at others and behaves towards them in conformity with the dignity of persons and their solidarity. There's a lot more that you can read in the catechism that's just it's absolutely beautiful about just that reminder that modesty isn't necessarily about um, being ashamed, but it's about protecting. And, and that's, you know, when you go back to Genesis, that's why God took them from Eden. He was protecting Adam and Eve. Is protecting them from eating the tree of life when they were in such a state of sin, and um, that's what my, you know. With my view of modesty is it's protecting ourselves and and keeping that dignity of ourselves and our and our fellow people. I'm glad that you read that part from the Catechism because I think that brings up a really interesting point. The church has spoken at length about modesty and the nature of modesty and why we're doing it. And you know, something you said about you know, the, the intentionality of dress revealing the inner court. Look at Our Lady's mantles and the different apparitions that she comes. She looks different according to the message that she's sending. You know, there's an intentionality there. There's even a children's book about this, Mary's Wardrobe, which talks about this extremely beautiful. Um, but I think that our discussions about modesty as Catholics have to be different because. You know, I don't know if there's other listeners out there, but I, I grew up in an evangelical church in the 90s and the early 2000s in the heyday of modesty and purity culture, okay? Like, I can say goodbye, and just, you know, all of this stuff. I'm sure people are nodding. I don't think a live presentation Joshua. Yeah, I announced that everything, that many, many of these people have testified to the way that it was approached. Not that everything they said was wrong, but that the way that it became this oppressive, pitting the male and the female against one another and responsibility for each other's feelings and thoughts. And it really was like that, like it, in our youth group. Like if the girls, you know, they would finger, you know, how long is the, it was gross and oppressive and patriarchal. It was just ugh. So I think that because of the damage that that has done to our view of modesty that we really do as Catholics have to um, not so much reclaim this conversation, but we need to reframe it, as Noel said. And, you know, it, it is really about reflecting God's glory. And I heard someone say, and I'm going to really try not to butcher this, so I wrote it down, um, that just made so much sense to me. It's about using the body 
for its intended purpose, which is not to be put on a pedestal and admired above all things. It's to serve. The body is to serve. Um, everything in our physical reality is a mirror of, of a spiritual reality. Our bodies reflect the character of God. Marriage reflects the love of the Trinity. All of these things exist to show the world who God is. So reflecting the glory of God is the focus of modesty, both in the way that we dress and in the way we think to, toward other people and about other people, like judging the girl who's wearing. Because when you judge people based on what you believe is modest or not modest, you immediately objectify them. You immediately make them something about you, something that you can measure. It takes away from the dignity of that person, even though that person could be have a misunderstanding of their own dignity. It just makes it about you. And again, that is not how we're supposed to view each other. <laughs> we're supposed to view each other as someone who oh, I can serve, someone for whom I can um, sacrifice. And so, and I recognize the things in the church, like the Eucharist, are veiled for those who can be reverent in their presence, understand the value of it and its transformative purpose. We don't have the Eucharist out for anyone. We don't allow just anyone to partake in the Eucharist. There are rules about that for the sake of their souls and the protection of their souls. The Eucharist is revealed to those for whom, who understand what it truly is. And the same is true of our bodies. We're reserved for the audience that fits the criteria. Um, who can look upon it with true love and self-sacrifice. And so I think just kind of reframing it like that, you know, things should, as the Catechism said, remain hidden until it's the appropriate time to view or to partake or to share the meal or whatever. Those things have to be honored. But I think, you know, we talk a lot about teaching women and our girls as boys too. Modesty is a virtue. Like it's, 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 something that men and women have to learn to grasp, and it isn't just about your body, it's about the way you think about other people and about yourself, um, your own achievements, your the, um, how, how holy you are. <laughs> like, modesty, really, I mean, I, to me, I think it's just seeing something in right perspective. Like, this is what it actually is. This is what it's for. This is what it, what it does. So that's kind of where I am, and so I'm so glad that you read that, Annie, because that's where we need to go. Like that's what Noelle's getting at over here. She's like, we need to kind of change the way we're talking about this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, my, so I have five boys, and um, you know, when my my we have like a neighborhood pool, and so sometimes during the summer we'll go and take the kids down to the pool, and there's a couple older teenage girls in their bikinis, and my oldest son just kept staring at them, and we're like, okay, you know, like. Stop staring, it's awkward, you know, but it, of course, in his purity and his innocence, he's just curious, and, but he, you know, my husband talked to him about it later, and he said, why are you staring at, at those girls, and, and he kind of got embarrassed, and my husband said, it's because you saw their beauty, you know, and try, instead of like, you shouldn't be looking at those girls because they're wearing bikinis, you know, whatever, it was like, you saw something beautiful, didn't you, and when you see a beautiful woman, I want you to say, praise God for her beauty. And that, to me, is right at the core of how we need to change our thinking on, on all of this. It's like Because we are in a fallen world. There's immodesty all around us in terms of speech, in terms of dress, in terms of behavior. Um, and so when we actually think of how can I honor this person and how can I honor myself, then that takes on a different perspective, but also 
Modesty is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so Christopher West, he always gives this example from theology of the body of two bishops like walking past this woman who's immodestly dressed, and one averts his eyes, and one looks at her. And he, he asks the question, which bishop did the right thing? And he said both of them did. One knew his weakness and had to avert his eyes, and one was able to give God glory. And so he was able to look at her and see her beauty. Maybe even a beauty she didn't recognize in herself, but she, he was able to see her beauty and praise God. And my husband has even said, you know, this was something that helped him with pornography to, to break that addiction, is to be able to say, this is a beautiful woman that God loves so much that he sent his son to die for her. And so if something would flash up on, on a screen, you know, these days or something, he, he told me that that was one of the things that really helped him to see pornography even as um, an abuse of women, mm-hmm. a terrible abuse of women. Um, and he shared that with his teenage boys in youth group too, you know? Like if, if you see pornography, say, Lord, Jesus, thank you for this woman's beauty. Please help her, you know, and, and heal her and honor her beauty and bring God into it. Don't leave God aside while you enter into sin, but bring God right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will begin to transform how you look at her as not the object to be used, which is why Adam and Eve were given the clothes by God to protect themselves from being used and abused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what you said, Noel, just now, what you said, Lauren, like it it's really fits really well together because, you know, talking about our bodies being of service, like, we're not meant to be of service to other, like, our bodies aren't meant to be at the other core at service to other men or other women, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, you know, you know when we're talking about from a modesty perspective, like, we were made for the Trinity. We were made to serve the Trinity. And so for both men and women, when we are single, um, you know, it's meant to glorify God in whatever way he calls us to glorify him through modesty, through upholding the dignity of, you know, what he created. And then, you know, if he calls us to marriage, both men and women, then being able to serve the Trinity through the reflection of the Trinity in our marriage. And then, so like, you know, you were talking about, Stacy, about how... You know, our bodies aren't meant to be flaunted for just anybody. It's God is, you know, our bodies are meant for God. And then if he calls us to the vocation of marriage, like that is the one person who, you know, we can, you know, show all, show our bodies to. Like I know for a long time like, I felt like, like my value was in what I wore. My value was in how other people perceived the way that I looked. Um, the mall with a friend of mine when I was in high school and she was just this blonde really skinny curvy girl who just I mean she's gorgeous and it was I think it was like two or three guys came up and they started hitting on her and I'm like hey and they're like yeah hi and they <laughs> her, and I'm just like you know like shrinking in the corner yeah. like this is sad <laughs> but like, looking back it doesn't bother me anymore I can laugh about it because like I'm not meant my body is not meant for that. It's not meant to appease other people or to kind of, you know, be used for vanity's sake. Um, it's when you start going around carrying like a casserole, you know, like if the, the pretty friend is getting attention, you're like, oh, but I have the food. <laughs> 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 
the, the clothing that's going to get me the attention all that stuff. Like, I still want to look nice. I want to look presentable. Like, I don't want to have, I mean, I do, like, all of my clothes have holes in them. It's really quite, like, all of them. It's, yeah, I need to go shopping. But, um, like, I don't want to look, like, super frumpy or anything. Like, I think it's okay. But, like, being modest doesn't mean that you have to have, like, all baggy clothes and, you know, your hair unkempt and you can't wear makeup and all that kind of stuff. Like, you can still look nice. You can still want to feel confident in the way that you look. I think that's totally fine. And that's something that's important. It's important, yeah, for your self-esteem and all of that. Um, I think it's just this particular aspect of, you know, we're really talking about, like, the, I think, as a whole here, like, kind of the sexual aspect, that that is for God and for marriage. I love that you said that because I, I think it's important. You know, when I talk to teenage girls, I, you know, they, well, I just want to, I love the attention. I want to feel sexy. I want to feel like I'm admired and beautiful. And and there's, and I think if we unpack that a little bit, we realize that there's actually nothing wrong with wanting someone to look at your body and go, whoa. You know, um, it's just that it's divorced from the context that God designed, like flirting and sexiness and sensuality. This is a good thing within the confines of marriage. Husbands and wives should be flirting with each other and should want to be sexy for each other. I mean, that's, I don't think those things are bad, you know? I think those are those are parts of being human. It's just that we pull them out of their context and they become the most important thing because once you start doing that, when you, when you take the puzzle out, then it just becomes like, well, now that's all I want. But if it's, if it's within the context of marriage, Dressing even with just your spouse in a provocative way is perfectly fine and beautiful. So I don't want to tell girls, and I always tell girls, I'm like, that's fine that you feel that way, that you want that attention. That, listen to that, because that's a part of your soul. Your body and your soul are connected, but it belongs in the right framework. Well, you shouldn't feel ashamed because you want to look gorgeous. There's nothing wrong with that. You should want to look that way, or if you do, it's normal. But I think sometimes we tell girls, well, you shouldn't want that kind of attention. Well, I mean, she does. She wants someone to love her and be wild by her body. Let's not minimize that. Let's let's show them where it belongs so they can wait for it and they can be holy for it, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah. I just think that's important. Yeah, and I've talked to my husband about this before, and I have one daughter, and he, you know, he, if I ever bring up dating at all, he looks at me like... <laughs> better stop talking about this, like, this is never going to happen, like, 30 is, like, the minimum age that she's going to date, and, you know, and I told him, you know, like, it's going to get to the point where she's going to want to feel attractive, she's going to want to look good, and he was like, but why, like, why is that not necessary, (laughs) and, you know, he's just coming from a productive dad stance, but, like, I think it goes deeper than just, you know, even, you know, wanting the attraction, and then, like, you know, that being related to marriage, I think it's just, because we live in a fallen world and, um, you know, that shame entered into, you know, kind of our psyches through that original sin, I think the desire from, you know, even a young age to want to feel like somebody sees the beauty in you, but I can see it as coming from, yeah, wanting that beauty that God created you to be, like that beauty he created you with to be seen and recognized. Yes. Because, yeah, it's an innate, yeah, I think so. I think it's an innate desire. And 
I think too when we teach our children that um, both boys and girls that um, God sees that beauty. Mm-hmm. Like He made you with it. Like He made He is beauty itself, and He made you and and all of that. Like you know, we can show them you don't need to. Yeah, like you know, all oh, let's find everything that you said, Lauren. It's fine. To, like want to feel attractive and everything, but. Um, that recognition that you really want right now, it can be fulfilled mm-hmm. in God because you don't have that spouse right now. You don't have that married person right now. Um, and you may never, if you, you know, get called to the monastic life or the priesthood or something like that. But God is that true fulfillment of, you know, wanting to be seen as beautiful. And I think we also need to remember to honor their journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because, Masti being a gift of the Holy Spirit, any of our spiritual growth throughout our lives with the Holy Spirit. There is a learning curve. Now, I didn't see anything, you know, problems with spaghetti straps growing up. Spaghetti straps, okay, whatever, summer, I'm wearing a dress, I'm going to church. I didn't see a problem with that. There are other people who did see a problem with that and would tell me, but they didn't teach me. They didn't help me grow on my journey they just made me feel ashamed by the way I looked. There was a lot of shaming growing up. You know, I had you know, boys tell me that they really liked hanging out with me, but I was too fat for them to date me. I had a boyfriend whose grandmother in front of me told him that I was too chumpy. You know, and just like, you know, there's, you know, when people say those things, and then I would lose the weight, I want to show it off because I'm like, I was too chunky for everybody. Now I'm skinny and it still wasn't good enough. And so I think we still have to be careful. Yes, we're supposed to admonish the sinner, but we don't have to shame the sinner. We teach the sinner. We help them grow. We don't chop them down. We love them. We love them and help. And I, I think a lot of times people were trying to do that, but they were doing it. They were doing it the way that they had been taught to do it. Does that make sense? You shouldn't come to church in spaghetti straps. That's immodest. Well, I stopped going to daily mass because I was in the middle of my day. I wasn't going to have time to go home and change. So I stopped going. Instead, they could have said, hey, here's a really good book. Why don't you read this? Or, you know, I had a really good friend later on in life. When my husband and I got married, our, our wedding gift from him was... Chris West, Theology on the Body. We listened to it. It was the CD set. So when we, every time we drove somewhere, we listened to it together. And that would have been something really beautiful to have earlier on. But at the same time, that was my journey, if that makes any sense. So I think we have to honor somebody's journey. Just because you're in one place in your journey doesn't mean that they're going to be in the same place in theirs. And yeah. so, yeah. I think we women can be really brutal to more to each other, maybe even so than men are. <laughs> um, in the sense of um, judging our appearance. <laughs> and uh, mine was more not so much like shaming, like oh, can you believe that this you know lady's wearing this? It was very jealous and insecure. And one confession, you know, God bless this priest, and I, I was confessing envy. I think that um, you know this priest told me, you know, instead of feeling bad about yourself that you're being jealous, just say thank you, God, for making this woman so athletic and so 
beautiful. So whatever, and that has really helped me that I've started to do that with my daughter when she says, oh, so-and-so is skinnier than me, or so-and-so has prettier hair than me. I just say, you know, she is beautiful, and you are beautiful. And it's not an either or, it's not a not enough, it's she is beautiful, and you are beautiful. Well, and I think, like what you were saying about people, you know, making, saying horrible things about you because of your weight. Like, I know some people who are, you know, a little heavier state set, and people who are very, uh, you know, heavy set, and they're gorgeous. Like, they really are just beautiful people, um, physically and otherwise. But I think that that brings up a point that immodesty, um, is really a very worldly view yeah. that is very arbitrarily based on what a society values. Um, because you know, throughout time, you know, beauty, the, the measure of beauty has changed depending on the society and the time period. Whether you know beauty is having you know really tan skin or really light skin, or being heavier set or being thin, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think that the, the concept that you know the mod modesty. Um, Sorry, immodesty is for you know people who are thin or quote unquote pretty. Um, it really, it really is an arbitrary thing, and I think that that shows that it's not, it's not really of God because God mm -hmm. has His measure of beauty isn't arbitrary. It's you were made in my image and likeness. You are beautiful. You don't have to prove that to other people. You don't even have to prove it to yourself because mm -hmm. I think that's where a lot. Of wanting to be immodest comes from is proving to yourself that I am pretty because look at what the attention that I can get for myself, um, and just knowing that you know I don't I don't have to do that. I am beautiful exactly the way that I am, and I don't need anybody telling me that. I I just need God to tell me that, and that's it. And to know that and trust that in my heart. And just a reminder that modesty is the fruit of the Holy Spirit because there are some really hateful modest people. <laughs> and some very loving, totally immodest people. Yes. Um, but that that fruit of the Holy Spirit is, you know, modesty, patience, joy, kindness, all of those things have to go together. Mm -hmm. And that the universal standard of beauty has shifted from culture to culture and culture has developed. But the one thing that has always been true of beauty is that it is when it points to God. Yes. And, and I think that's the standard that we need to Is my life, is my dress, is my words, is my behavior pointing others to God, pointing myself to God? I think so much of the modesty culture is we're looking too much at each other and not at the Lord. <laughs> and that is how things get all askew. So just that remembering that beauty should be appreciated, as Noel said, and, and it becomes confused in our society, but we should always reframe that con that conversation, the context of deference to the Holy Spirit, deference to God, deference to his work in our lives and to these bodies which were created to serve one another in him. And I think that's where the Catholic conversation needs to really differ about modesty as opposed to what the culture is saying. So. And that's just it. Let us point ourselves towards God. And as always, thank you for joining us. Thanks. Thank you. Join us again in two weeks when we discuss pornography. Listener discretion for this upcoming episode is advised. Until then, may God bless you and may Mary accompany you.
thank you for joining us today. One more thing before you go. Even those of you that aren't in Oklahoma can join us on February 27th for this year's virtual Oklahoma Catholic Women's Conference. Get together with your closest friends and family to share in this special event. This two-hour conference will be available to registrants the entire day of February 27th. This year's conference features Catholic author and speaker Catherine Whitaker. There will be a reflection by a beloved priest and music by a local Catholic worship band, Still Morning. Don't miss the chance to break away from the noise, to gather with close women in your life and encounter the Lord in a renewed way this year. To register for the Virtual Oklahoma Catholic Women's Conference, go to okcatholicwomen.com.